Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 302, Exercising and Turkey Hunting, with Lindsay Persico. And I am your co-host, and... The guy who is, oh, about two hours from loading up the fishing kayak in the boat and going fishing with his nephew. And I'm your co-host. And the guy who got to borrow a really big zero-turn mower and is very happy to have used it because my yard looks fantastic right now. Cool. I'm going to do another one. And I am your co-host. And the guy who is casually looking at new houses and fell in love with a house that had two different groups of bachelor bucks with six to seven bucks in each group. One group in one neighbor's yard and one group in the other neighbor's yard on either side of the house. And of those, oh, 10 to... 13 or 14 bucks, about four of them were shooters. Holy cow. So you already put the down payment down? 
I've got the cash laid out, <laughs> which is a lie because I'm in the mortgage business. I don't pay cash for anything. I finance everything I can, but I'm, I'm ready. I've got all the money laid aside. All I have to do is convince Tammy that she likes this house as much as I do. <laughs> I don't even similar. like the house. Well, I do like I, I Okay. I like aspects about the house, but it is not the house. It is not the house that makes me want to leave the house that I live in now, except that these deer are traveling through the backyard of this house. Literally, I'm being dead serious. Literally four feet from the corner of the house. There's a window in the basement that you could just open right on up, sit there with your air rifle, or I could sit there with my air rifle or you could sit there with a bow or a crossbow and just whack them. Man. That's my kind of hunting right there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's about as sporty as it gets. And, you know, hopefully you spine him so he just falls right there. You don't even have to go track him. <laughs> well, no, I want him to run up to the driveway because oh, you know, yeah. I'll need to Tie clean him somewhere. Tie his legs into, into the rope so he, you can go ahead and hoist him up. That'd be yeah. ideal. Oh, you know, I didn't think about that. I could actually set up a boat winch and a little cleaning area underneath the deck, and the deck is right above this corner of the house where they walk by. So, yeah, a spine shot would be perfect. Yeah. Or, I mean, you could just set the trap to where when he steps in it, it strings him up already, and then you go shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah, I've always... I've always said, you know, if somebody was really smart and wanting to sell me a house, like when I came to look at it, just put a recording of a turkey gobbling in the woods, you know, across the street or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'd be a blank check in their hand in no time with my name signed on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, no doubt. But that's pretty but, cool. I mean, is, is that something you're seriously considering or is it? No, no, uh, it's not. We, it was, it is a very nice house and it is right on the outskirts of the area that we want to be in Mm -hmm. and one of the things that we're interested in and one of the reasons that we're even looking at houses is that at some point in time good lord willing she lives long enough we're gonna have to move my mother-in-law in in with us Mm -hmm. and this place has an amazing apartment in the basement i mean really really super nice washer and dryer down there a full kitchen, a separate entrance, daylight basement. I mean, just really nice. But the main living area leaves a little bit to be desired. So we're going to skip that one. And, you know, when I say we're casually looking, it is going to be the house that causes us to sell this one because we're not in a hurry. Yeah, it's going to have to be forever and really nice. You know, yeah. if you're not motivated, then it kind of you can take your time. So that's good. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. So cool. are you going to be a buyer of a zero turn sometime soon? Man, I wish, but I'll probably have to sell my house to get one of, of these <laughs> deals. But my gosh, man, I, I feel like I was rolling about 40 miles an hour. I mean, grass clippings flying, you know, 20 yards out the mower. It, it was it was pretty amazing. Like a car was driving by next to me and I just floored it and flew past him. Mower. <laughs> so... <laughs> What usually takes me hours, I mean, you know, Audrey's inside. I come in after like 15 minutes, and I'm like, all right, I'm done. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, go look at it. <laughs> so it, I will say, they are nice. Very, very nice. You but know, at you some point, 
you've got to look at it and say, I can't afford to not buy one. I don't know what at what point that'll be, but I guess, uh, I don't know. That's a lot of money to spend on mowing. I, I feel like at that point, I could just pay someone else to mow it and probably pay them for 10 years rather than buy a mower. That is very true. So It's always a trade-off, but I, I got lucky and my mower broke down, so I borrowed this one's my dad's mower that he bought because he's got a lot of yard to mow, and it is it is slick. I'm telling you, I passed that car. Like I think I shocked them as much as anybody. They were rocking, and then I just came flying past them on a mower while still mowing. Like they were standing still. <laughs> Grass, dust flying everywhere, and I just come blazing by. Yeah. So, pretty cool. We got a good episode today, I know. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Well, and it's a, it's a lengthy one because, well, we had a lot of questions for our guest. Yeah, heck yeah. And so, that's uh, this is a topic that we can all relate to and probably should take note of when we're how far from turkey season mm, we are 219 days 17 hours 48 minutes and 38 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in alabama and we are 233 days 17 hours and 34 minutes and zero seconds until opening day in the great volunteer state very cool. So today, for you guys listening, we have with us Lindsay Persico. And Lindsay is the fitness guru. She is big time into exercising, staying fit, eating healthy. But more importantly, she is also a big time hunter. So we're going to tie in the benefits of exercise to hunting and talk a good bit about that and we get to hear some well we get to hear a lot about some of her hunts and how she prepares for them and that yeah. kind of thing so it's it's really cool and you know you guys who may not be into exercising or maybe you're all into it it doesn't matter you're going to enjoy this episode because we have a great guest joining us for this one so cameron what do you say we jump in and get going with this one yeah let's go ahead and jump in there and if you're planning to go to the mountains or just want to get in better shape, I think you ought to listen to this one. It's really a good one. I think we all can take something from this. So we'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am excited to tell you that Cameron and I are here today with Lindsay Persico. And Lindsay is the fitness guru. And she is joining us today to talk to us about some things that we can do to get in shape and stay in shape for turkey season that will actually help us to be better turkey hunters. And, you know, this is something that Cameron and I are pretty passionate about. And really, and I'm now talking to both of you, but I'm going to give you a good greeting here, Lindsay, in just a second. But really for me, it is the reason that I exercise and work out. That's turkey hunting. There's no other reason. I'm married. You know, what does it matter if I put on a few pounds? I'm already losing my hair. You know, she's bought in. It's too late for her. But the turkeys, it's never too late for the turkeys. I've got to stay in good shape for them. So we're going to talk all about this <laughs> as we go on through the interview with Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. Cameron and I are really excited about having you on the show and getting to pick your brain. So thanks for that. 
tell us how you are and where you are today. Thank you for having me on, first of all. I am in the western part of the state of Montana. My husband and I are very passionate about hunting. Turkey hunting is part of what we love to do. We hunt a lot of things here. Montana has a lot to offer, so we get to spend most of the months out chasing something, and Montana is a rugged state. We have a lot of mountains. We have a lot of elevation changes, and a lot of the big game that we hunt, we have to pack out from some rough country. So fitness for our hunting is really important, which is one of the reasons why I've become so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really important up in the mountains. And like you said, you know, the big game that you're hunting, you're not shooting much of it, if any of it, right next to a road. And you just back the truck up there, throw it in the back of the truck and go to the house and clean it. So, yeah, your type of hunting mm-hmm. is work. Yeah. Even the hunting itself is work. You've got to pack a lot of stuff with you when, when you go back in. So just getting into where you're going to start hunting is oftentimes a lot more work than than you'd realize. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the amount of gear you're probably carrying for a big game hunt would be far superior, I would think, to even just a turkey hunt. Yeah, we usually have to bring, if we aren't going back in to pack in and stay in, for a bit and hunt then and we don't have all those types of things we have to have to spend the night in the woods we we at least have to have all the gear for the hunt and then and then emergency gear because you can get in trouble back in the woods back there you have to be prepared to take care of yourself so there's always a lot of things that come along on a hunt like that yeah yeah what were you going to say about the topo camera i was just going to say if you look at the i just pulled up a topo map of western montana you better be in good shape living out there i, I was <laughs> just to, if you're going to walk down the street you better be in good shape <laughs> yeah we live up on quite a hill and i do my a lot of my exercising that is that involves outdoors and hiking i do just right here in town because there's steep hills here i can train on and they don't have to go into the mountains and do it yeah, I wouldn't think you'd struggle too hard to find a good-sized hill to run up and down. Nope. <laughs> it'd uh, be a little more difficult for me over here uh, running through the cotton fields of West Tennessee. It's a little more flat, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to go find stairs somewhere. Yeah, go to the football stadium. Yep. Uh, there's no air conditioning in the football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not outside either. <laughs> you got to practice like you're going to play. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, that's too good. So you have a website that you promote and uh, are pretty active on, and you're also on social media. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your website and also tell us how the listeners can find you on social media because I know after we pick your brain about exercise and fitness, you know, they're going to want to follow you and probably have some questions for you as well. Okay. Well, I I started my website just because I have a passion for the outdoors and a passion for hunting specifically. And a lot of times people have seemed to enjoy just hearing the stories or kind of getting a chance to come along on an adventure that they might not get to go on themselves. So I started that website. It's called huntfiber.com. And on there, I just share hunting stories sometimes inspiration that comes to my mind. I enjoy writing. So I I put a little bit of tidbits of everything that's going on in my life on there, but I also share wild game recipes and then sometimes podcast links. I've had an opportunity to do quite a few podcasts, so you can find other interviews that I've been on. Some of them are on there too. 
and then I started the social media. Everything is either Lindsay Persico Hunt Fiber or just Hunt Fiber. If you search for it, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And then I also have a YouTube channel where I try to share either some of our hunts, some of the outdoor things I take my family to go do. And then I put some recipes and stuff on there as well. Yeah. Very cool. Is there a social media platform that you like or or are more active on than any others? Oh, they're all so different, but I, I spend most of my time, I'd say, on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, okay. I pretty much put everything on all of them, though, because so, there's some people that just don't go to one or the other, and I figure that way, wherever they are, they can find it. Yeah. Well, that's good, because I have learned that I pretty much hate them all. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Their time sucks. <laughs> they yep, they want yeah. to take all of your time. And, you know, I, I don't mean this in the wrong way because I do like to be around people who have different opinions and different hobbies and, you know, different ways of thinking than I do. But on social media, you can't have a discussion about any of that stuff. You know, it's... it's Very rare. Yeah, sure. it always seems to turn into an argument. And so... I'm, I find it harder and harder to surround myself on social media with people who have the same interests and thoughts that I do so that it does not turn into any kind of an argument because we can't discuss things on there. But anyway, now now I'm digressing and we're getting way off topic, but... <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Cameron, did you have the first question for Lindsay today? Yeah, I mean, the... Uh... First thing I was going to ask is, and this is verbatim what a listener messaged me and asked us to do a topic on. He asks, what's your off-season training program look like to stay in shape for hunting? And that's kind of a broad question. And then we'll dive in, probably get a little more specific. But just overall, I mean, what do you, you know, are you exercising once a week, every day of the week? You know, what, what does that look like for you when you're not on a hunt? Well, for me, I try to keep it pretty much the same all throughout the year, just because one thing I've found when dealing with fitness is it's way easier to maintain a fitness level than it is to lose it and gain it back. It's a lot harder to go back to where you were. It's much easier to just keep a consistent program going and stay at a fitness level. And I just generally try to keep my fitness stuff the same. When I'm hunting during hunting season, I still don't change it really. Um, I just, if I can't get to my workouts because I'm off hunting, then that's fine. I just drop those days because usually I'm getting a fair amount of exercise if I'm out hunting and I don't really need to try to supplement that. But I always include about five days a week of fitness training. Every day has some element of cardio to it. And I rotate between two different forms of cardio that are kind of specific to what I need out here hunting. And then every day has a strength training session and core work. Core work is really vital. Yeah. So do you use like weights for your strength training or are you doing kind of body weight exercises? Are you talking about like resistance type stuff, Cameron? Yeah. Like, you know, like, are you just doing push-ups for an exercise or are you doing like a bench press, you know, or squats with your body weight? Or are you putting, you know, holding dumbbells or what? I do a combination of both. So I've created my workouts to be everything that I can do from home or outside. So I don't have to go to a gym. I just don't mm -hmm. have time to go to a gym. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to take that time. I would spend traveling back and forth and just put it into my workout here at home. So 
I have a combination of dumbbells. I do have a barbell with a few weights that I don't use super often. I can do most of my stuff with either body weight or with dumbbells. And I've found that free weights, once you've learned the proper techniques for, for a certain movement and you can do it properly without injuring yourself, using dumbbells actually gives you an even better workout because you're forced to stabilize your body while you're moving that dumbbell instead of sitting in a machine that holds everything in place for you. So I prefer to use free weights when, when I work out. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've taken that same approach myself because you're kind of indirectly working your core and your central nervous system and all kind of stuff that you don't work as much with the machine is how exactly. I Exactly. You have to use I've, your balance to, to keep yourself where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And that, that works a whole lot of stuff that is important. You need all those types of things. You need balanced training. You need your body needs all that. It's just not quite the same. If you're just working on trying to build bulk of a muscle, then using a machine will accomplish that for you, but you're not going to get all the benefits that you would from a free weight. Yeah. Be more athletic, I guess, using free weights. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So what, what is your, you know, next week, you know, it's uh, what, what, what's your schedule going to look like exercise wise? You know, like, do you work out every day? Or are you, you know, most people have like either a three-day program, four-day, five-day. How, how does I your usually, program? I usually try to do a five-day program where I rotate back and forth. I, I do a lot of rucking. I put a 65-pound sandbag in my backpack and I go hike with it. Um, that, to me, is the best way to replicate what I'm going to be doing in the mountains. So yeah. I try to do that three days a week, three, three rucks a week. And then between each ruck, I do a rowing session. Um, I do have a rowing machine in my house, and I found that that works so many different muscle groups, and it can also get your cardio going a little bit, and it's at about the level that I need it to be for, for the kind of hiking and stuff that I'm doing. So I do two rowing sessions a week and three rucks, and then I have a core workout that I do every single day. That's not always recommended. Sometimes it's better for people to – have a day in between to let their muscles rebuild a little bit before they break them back down. But my core, I've been working out for so long and my core is so strong that I feel like I have to work it every day to really get much, <laughs> much out of it. Yeah. So I do that routine every day. And then I rotate between an upper body strength training session. And one day I'll do upper body and then the next day I'll do lower body. And I just rotate through those three days a week. So usually I train, my upper body three days a week, lower body two days a week, just because my rucking and my rowing works my lower body so much as it is. Yeah, that's true. So like Monday, you would do an upper body ruck and a core exercise? Correct. Wow. Okay. Pretty intense. And then Tuesday, I would switch over to the <laughs> rower and I would do a lower body workout and then my core workout again. Yeah. And then you kind of rotate back and forth that way. Yeah. Very cool. What is a typical core exercise session look like for you? I used to try to incorporate more weights into my core workouts, but recently I have come to come upon a core workout that that involves all body weight movement and it's continuous so you don't you don't get a rest in between and it really works my core better than anything I've found yet. I'll basically do I rotate between 10 reps through a, a variety of movements. I'll do 10 setups then I'll do 10 leg lifts, then I'll do 10 more sit-ups, and then 10 um, flutter kicks, and then 10 more sit-ups, and then 10 of another exercise. And it goes through 
to where you end up doing like 250 repetitions or something. And, and without a break, it just burns your core out. <laughs> it's, it's been the, it's been the best one I've found so far. So I've been working on that, but I adjust my routines. I do things for a while and then, you know, your body adapts to it. That's the point of exercise. You get used to what you're doing and your body adapts. So you want to keep switching it up to keep challenging your body. So at some point I'll move on from that. I I'm hoping to work that up to where I can do 25 reps of each mod before I move on. And that'll take me a while. So I'll probably be doing the score workout for quite a while, but everything does have a tendency to change as I go. Yeah. yeah. So if you, what, what's your favorite thing to hunt where you like elk, would that be like a big hunt that you would go on? Yeah. Elk hunting is probably the most, Physically demanding. Okay, probably what we put the most time and effort into, and it can be the most physically demanding. I, I do a lot of predator hunting in the winter, and when I predator hunt, it's very deep snow, so I'm snowshoeing into the mountains, and that's extremely oh. physical. Um, but for prolonged hunting, it would probably be the elk hunting for sure. So let's say you have a big elk hunt coming up where you know you're about to really be hitting it the week before that, are you adjusting anything or are you doing your exact same routine? No, I'm kind of a hard-headed person and I, <laughs> <laughs> I just put my head down and I do what I feel like is the best thing for me to do. And I, I don't change things much. I'm not, I know that there's a lot of people that are involved in fitness that get into the, into very nuanced, small, small aspects of affecting their training. Like, you know, they may change their diet a week in advance to something or, and that's great. That's, they've figured it down to a real science and they know exactly what they're doing. I, I, I'm a busy mom. I have three kiddos. I have all the work that I try to do online. I'm very active in my family and my community. I'm a busy person. And so I've tried to figure out what I can do the most that I can possibly do towards my fitness and and maintain it and then i just put my head down and i go for it and i can't i don't have time to overthink it too much <laughs> yeah. so i keep it the same i just do what i i make my my workout plan my schedule what i'm hoping to accomplish and i just work on that and if i can't fit it in for a hunt i figure that's okay but i try to make it a priority and i try to get as many of them in as i can throughout the year and i look at it as an investment in my future hunts because if I the amount of time that I put into my workouts is going to directly affect how far and how hard I can go out in the woods so every time I think about skipping a workout or every time I think about you know oh this might be more important than my workout today I think oh but if I do that that might keep me from going one more ridge over in my hunt mm -hmm. and maybe that's where that big bull's going to be maybe that's where you know, the wolf pack is going to be whatever it is. I use that as my motivation. But when it comes yeah. down to the the nuanced details of, of, you know, a program where I'm adjusting from week to week or whatever, I don't do that. I keep it very basic, and I just try to hit it as hard as I can. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and really for you and where you hunt, not being in good physical shape, can make the difference between life or death in some situations. And so, you know, it can. I think that, you know, at least for me and, uh, okay. I'm, I know I'm not special when I say this because we all have this. At least I think we do. There's days when we wake up and we say, I'm not working out today. Just not up to it. Don't feel like it. I have, you know, I have to go brush my teeth. And so I don't have time right. to do it. <laughs> but, we can always find a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. But we we can't 
let that be it, you know, and, and so if, you know, I, I can see for what, for where you hunt and the type of hunting that you do and the time of year that you do it, you know, your workouts, physical workouts also help you prepare mentally in knowing that you've got to push through. You don't have a choice, you know, so whereas, you know, those of us down in the South who were hunting in December, January, and February when it's 40, 50, 60 degrees and, you know, we're, oh, a good long three or 400 yard walk from the four wheeler, the (laughs) ATV, you know, or the pickup truck or camp, you know, we don't necessarily have to push through that as hard. So, you know, I, I can see where working out, exercising for you helps you mentally to toughen up and be ready for the hunts. And there are no excuses once you get out there. I mean, it's, you know, you can't get you, five miles from your you camp and just say I quit. Right. You can't fake it once you get out there in the woods. What you get out there with, your fitness level that you come into that element, to that environment with is what you have. And there's no faking it once you're there. So if you have faked it in the gym or you've, you know, slacked off at home on your workouts, it's going to follow you into the woods. And that is a risky a risky environment for you to be bringing that kind of a mindset into. I've had plenty of times where I've hiked myself in, like like I said, I snowshoe in for, for predator game hunting up into the mountains. It's uphill snowshoeing in, and it's a lot of work. It's hard work. And I've gotten hours into a hunt and realized, you know, it's going to get dark soon. I need to turn around because I've got hours to hike out of here, and I'm tired I might be, you know, feeling it in one of my hips or feeling it in one of my ankles or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know what? You just have to put your nose down to the grindstone and go because there's no other way of getting out of there. That's what you have. That's what you have in front of you and you have to knock it out. And working out is one way to really challenge the mind in that way. It is as much building the mind as it is building the body because it's miserable. It's never fun. Working out isn't supposed to be fun. If you if it's fun when you're working out, you're probably not getting that great of a workout. Yeah. <laughs> so as you're pushing yourself mentally to work out, you're gaining strength in that area too, and it definitely does carry over. I know for me, I hunt with my dad a lot in Idaho, and my dad's older. He's not he's in great shape and I don't have to worry about him. But at the same time, he's an older man. And there's, there's always an element of risk when you're out hunting for anybody at any age. But as you get older, there's other risks that come into play. He could have a heart attack while we're out there. Am I physically fit enough to help my dad get out of the woods? I might not just have to get myself out of the woods. I might have to get an injured hunter out of the woods or yeah. an injured family member or somebody that's struggling. I look at it as it's on me to put everything I have into my workouts at home so that when I get out there, I'm the most capable version of myself that I can be. And I take that really seriously. Yeah. 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 How, how do we, you know, and here's the thing for those people out there listening who may not be exercising right now, who say, you know, I really need to get into this, you know, it's not only going to help me be better when I'm hunting, but it'll make me feel better, it'll make me look better, you know, all the reasons for doing it, but getting started doing it is the hardest part. How can we overcome that mental block or, you know, the mental part of getting into a regular routine? Would you recommend starting out slowly or going hardcore and just, you know, that not totally hardcore, but, you know, pushing yourself (laughs) 
to an extent. Uh, and then, you know, working through the mental and physical parts of it the next day and, you know, day one and day two afterwards. What what are your recommendations there? I would encourage people who are new at it to take it slow to an extent. One of the really important things to remember is that anything that you're doing more than what you did yesterday is good. Some people, when they first start getting into fitness, they feel this pressure to to do a ton. And that's just not practical, especially for your body or for your mind, because you're not used to it. You're not used to that level of strain. You're going to hurt. You can hurt yourself if you jump into it too fast. You try to do too much at a time and you'll burn yourself out. It happens a lot for folks who get into fitness early in the stages of it. They try to do too much at once and, and they just get burned out and then they quit. It's better to start slow and start simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. If you're not into fitness, you haven't been working out, if you start walking every day, just walking, it doesn't have to be running. It doesn't have to be going and doing hill sprints. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. But go on a purposeful walk every day um, and maybe add each week, add some distance to your walk. One of the wonderful things about doing that is you'll realize how good it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. It does something for your brain. And if you can get the, the key to really getting focused on fitness and dedicated to it is getting addicted to it. <laughs> and that happens yeah. when you start to feel that endorphin rush that you get from working out. And you can start that just by walking, adding walking into your day. You're going to start looking forward to that walk and you're going to start needing it and wanting it. And that can build into more. The other thing that I also have tried to encourage people to remember is if you start doing muscle building, strength training, workouts, things like that, you're going to get sore. Your body's going to get sore and that's uncomfortable and it hurts. And sometimes people don't like that. But if you push past that, you'll start to see the benefits of it and you'll start to realize, oh, this is a a momentary discomfort. It goes away. There's nothing on me that's injured. It's not hurting me. It's building me. And you'll, you'll grow to be able to appreciate that feeling as well. I know I have, if I've worked out really hard and the next day I have a little bit of soreness, then I know I did a good job in my workout the day before, and it makes me feel good. I'm like, all right, I'm making progress. My muscles are going to grow. This is working. I'm doing a good job with this. Because sometimes that's when I know I need to switch up my routine. I'm too used to it. I'm not. I'm no longer really getting sore. I'm not feeling the benefits of it so much. And I've had people who got sore after the workouts, and they didn't like it. Scared them. They're like, I don't like this. I hurt. It doesn't feel good. But if you stretch, you take good care of your body, those types of things you can realize aren't such a downside to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you touched on something that's important. So let's dive a little bit deeper on that. And then, you know, maybe Cameron can get us back on track with our questions that we had for you. But <laughs> you mentioned stretching. And so what do you recommend stretching wise? Are you doing a, a light stretch and then kind of a warm up and then a good deep stretch and then your workout? How are you progressing into your workout with your stretching? And are you stretching afterwards as well, after your workout? I've noticed for me, the most important thing is that my muscles are warm before I really start working them. You don't want to injure yourself. And if you go straight into a strength training session or a really hard workout and your muscles are cold, you're more likely to pull something or injure something. So I've done more of an active type of a warm-up where I just move – you know, whether I'm doing some fast-paced walking or um, 
kind of doing more of a movement of a stretch where I'll twist my twist my upper body and kind of stretch and then twist the other way and stretch. I try to warm up my muscles. You can feel it when your body starts to warm up. Um, that kind of a stretch is more what I do at the beginning. I don't sit down and, and just static stretch out my muscles when they're cold. Some people like to do that, but that to me hasn't really seemed like it's very effective. I like to just get my body really warm at the beginning. Then once I've got my workout completed, at the end of the workout, I can tell what's feeling tight. There'll be, depending on what I've been working on that day, some areas are going to be tight. And if I feel tightness in an area, I'll like to stretch that out after my workout. The next day, if I'm feeling like one part is extra tense, I get a lot of tension up in my uh, shoulders and my upper back. Um, then I'll take a little time to rub those out. You can use like a foam roller, you can use like a tennis ball or whatever, trying to rub out those really stiff, tight areas and stretch those out, those specific spots. That's what I do. I don't have like a full body stretching routine that I do, but I do try to pay attention to the parts of my body that are showing me that they're, that they're taking this exercise a little harder than the rest and to give them a chance to stretch out and to, and to relax a little bit. And then, like I said, it is very important to be warm, warm, warm your body up, warm your muscles up. That way everything is a little bit more flexible and a little bit less likely to get injured. Yeah. Yeah. Those, the foam rollers, those things are, are amazing. They feel so good. You can do a lot. You can do a lot with those. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the tennis ball as well. You can really get like pinpoint focused on that area mm -hmm. in your back or shoulders or yeah. You know, right. And sometimes really those spots are small. That. Yeah. Those small those areas that are really bothersome are little. <laughs> right. so you need something that really really kind of focuses in on that area, but yeah. So you, you do turkey hunt a lot. We talked before the show. You do also turkey hunt, not just big game. So you obviously know how to go about turkey hunting. For someone who wants to do a big turkey hunt and come out to Montana and hunt them in the, in the mountains out there, I mean, what muscle groups would you say they need to be focusing on if they have, you know, two or three months to get in shape for that big hunt? You know, they're going to come hunt turkeys for a week in Montana. What Okay. What muscle groups would be most important, you think? Hey, hey, Lindsay, there's yeah. a selfish reason why he's asking that question. <laughs> so is this like personal no. advice for you? <laughs> and, and where would you go? Uh, <laughs> can, you, can you drop him a pin uh, on GPS? Onyx where the tree yeah. is that you would be yeah. seeing that? I'll give you a GPS location. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to assume if you're a turkey hunter, you already have, I don't know, do you archery hunt for turkeys? Do you, right, are you shotgun? Let's say hunting? we're shotgun hunting for turkeys in the spring. Okay. Most of the time for folks that come out here from out of state, the hardest part of the hunt for them is going to be the elevation. So your lungs and then the mountains. And prepping for the mountains, there's really no better way to do it than climbing. But a lot of people will use if you're in a gym setting, they have the stair machine. You can put a weighted pack on and go work on the stair machine. That's going to build your, your leg strength and your core strength. It's important to have that core work, too. You don't want to just sit on a machine and work your leg muscles because having strong legs is one thing, but being able to balance as you're hiking is really important. A lot of times out here, you're on a hill and you're side hilling, so you're not even on a flat surface. You've got to be – your legs – you have to build those muscles that you use to stabilize yourself with a backpack on on a hill. And that's really hard to replicate, but 
you can do the best you can with what you've got when you whether you have stairs or you have some hills nearby that you can go put a backpack on and go hike on them try try to hike on them sideways side hill with it it's a whole different movement for your body uh, another thing to consider is going downhill when you go up inevitably you have to come back down yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot harder actually hiking downhill with a backpack on than you might imagine it works a totally different it, it works your muscles and your legs totally differently than than the way you use them to hike up the hill so it's important that you replicate that. You want to think about the environment you're going to be in and try to mimic that as best you can where you are. All right. That is all that we have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of the interview with Lindsay and you would like to hear me and Cameron chit-chat a little bit more after the interview about exercise and turkey hunting, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, or you could even buy this one single episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Cameron's going to tell us how to do that, and I'm going to tell you how you can become a premium subscriber. Before you put those quarters into the gumball machine, (laughs) think about it. You could hear the rest of this episode, and it might help you become more athletic and a better hunter. So what you're going to need to do is take a dollar, you're going to give that to us, and you're going to do that by going to IamTurkeyHunting.com, finding episode 302, PS, stands for premium single, and you're going to purchase the rest of this episode. So it's going to cost you 99 cents, you'll get... All of this episode, this is a long one. You're going to get a lot of content for your money. And this could be the one that helps you start your exercise regime that you've been wanting to do. So go to our website, find PS behind this episode. And if you see another episode topic that you want the whole one, if it has PS behind it, you can purchase it for 99 cents. Other than that, you can join the family. And how do you, how do, you do that, Andy? Yes, indeed. So if you feel a little bit left out, like the kids sitting at the kids' table on Thanksgiving while all the adults are drinking wine and having fun, then you may want to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast and get access to not only this week's episode and interview with Lindsay, but you'll get access to all of the premium content for all of our past episodes as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. That's a bunch of content that you can get by texting the word and make it one word with no spaces. You're going to text it to the number 44222, and that magic word is turkey hunter. Again, one word, no spaces, turkey hunter. You're going to send that text to the number 44222, and I'm going to email you instructions that you'll need to follow. And eventually, I'm going to email you a link that you can click on to create your username and password for the Podbean application and pay the $18 per year annual subscription fee of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your annual subscription is going to get you all of that good stuff that I just talked about just a few minutes ago. And Cameron and I really, truly believe that you are not going to be disappointed when you subscribe. I think that was a great episode, and I think there's a lot to take from it. Yeah, cool. So since I did it last week, you give us a favor of the week this week. The favor of the week this week is going to be to 
We'll do Andy's old go-to. Like or share this episode. I'm going to post it on Instagram with a picture of Lindsay. You can easily direct message that to people. Andy's going to post it on Twitter, retweet it, comment on it, like it. And I believe it's also going to be on our Facebook. So take this episode. If you think there's somebody who, you know, is planning on a big elk hunt or a big game hunt that's going to be physically demanding or even a turkey hunt for next year, send them this episode. Say, hey, you may want to check this out. This is a good way to get in shape and get ready for your big hunt. So that's the favor of the week. Very good. All right. Well, I don't believe we have any housekeeping to do. So let's wrap this thing up and start working on next week's episode. What do you say? I'm in. Okay. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.